again. I'm going to share this last part on this Forfeiting One's Eternal Life podcast, and I'm going to explain the different aspects of Hades and hell and Lake of Fire and the different paradises that God's people can live in. Now, the Bible says that there are three places that a child of God can go to once they die. And one of the places, which actually consists of four separate places, which are all paradise-like, which are spread out over different dispensations during the Bible times, is going to be the final resting place, which is a new heaven and a new earth. I will explain that as we go through this. However, the scriptures do say that the final resting place for all of those children whom the Lord deems faithful or worthy from Adam's day until the last person who gets saved in the millennium kingdom is going to be in this new heavens and new earth kingdom. This final new heavens and earth kingdom is kind of veiled throughout the scriptures, but it is very clearly defined in chapters 21 and 22 of the book of Revelation if you want to do a little bit of searching. However, the journey to this final resting place takes a few detours, and it is a complex journey, which I will explain in more detail in a future podcast. Again, please understand that the scriptures are crystal clear. Some of God's children are never going to end up in God's final, blessed, sinless, joyous, perfect, forevermore kingdom. The children of God, for whatever sinful reasons, who never enter or live in God's paradise kingdoms, will be those children of God who forfeit or waste or throw away their eternal life, and with it the opportunity to inherit, i.e. be part of God's future paradise kingdoms. Now, these are not believers who get sent to hell. These are just believers who the Lord says, you are not worthy to be in my kingdom. For whatever reason, out, kick them out, they're going to live in the outer darkness. Yes, there are going to be born-again children of God who are never going to get the opportunity to live in God's beautiful paradise kingdoms because of the lifestyle they live down here on planet Earth. The Apostle Paul was not kidding around when he warned the believers in all the churches, which still apply for us today, that if you believers choose to live your earthly Christian life wallowing in unrepentant sin, which would make you a rebellious child of God, or if you choose to live your earthly life being more concerned about doing those earthly things which please the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh, and the prideful things of life, which would make you a worldly-minded child of God, or if you choose to ignore knowing and being obedient to God's word, which will make you a disobedient child of God, you'll be found to be unworthy, i.e. undeserving, of spending your eternal life in the joy of the Lord and the fellowship of his peace and the unwavering, unconditional love of God and his faithful children. Brethren, you need to let this sink in. Now again, This does not apply for the believer who's striving to walk with the Lord and doesn't always do it right and stumbles and bumbles, is up and down, in and out, confessing sin, dealing with sin. This doesn't apply to that believer. That's not a believer who's walked away from the Lord, who is choosing to be disobedient to the Lord. This is just the believer who's going through their average Joe Christian walk. And as long as your heart is for serving the Lord and wanting to do what the Lord says, you'll be fine in the next life. However, the more you do for the Lord in this life, the more you'll be rewarded and blessed in the next life. I promise you that. I promise you God said that. I promise you Christ said that. You need to let this sink in. Some of you quit playing church and get serious about doing what the scriptures command us to do or else there's going to be consequences. Quit living for the things and the ways of this world and start living for your Savior. It's going to cost you. So what? 
In eternity, you'll be so thankful that you decided to give your life to Christ and not the world. So let me get back to explaining these unique places that the Bible talks about where God's children had been sent once they died in the past and where they are sent when they die today in the church age. Let me start with this. The scriptures say that when any children of God dies, they either go to some type of glory-filled, joy-filled, love-filled, heavenly-like paradise, or they go to a place of suffering and sorrow. Listen carefully. This can be confusing. And please take notes. You are not going to be taught this at your church. I will try to go slow. The Bible says that from the days of Adam and Eve until Christ finishes sacrifice payment for mankind's sins, believers were either sent to a paradise-like place, which was temporary, called Abraham's bosom, or a place of suffering, which is also temporary until their judgment day, which Christ called Hades. In the Old Testament, this temporary supernatural realm consisted of both a paradise and a hell, side by side, and it was called Sheol, or the pit. Psalm 9:17, the wicked will return to Sheol, even all the nations who forget God. Now, I want to take you to an example of the Sheol and where it's explained by Christ what's going on there. You need to read a whole chapter of Luke 16 to get the whole story, but I'm going to start in 1625, Luke 1625. But Abraham said, notice a living, breathing Abraham, not a soul sleeping Abraham. Abraham said, child, talking to the rich man who died and went to hell. Remember that during your life, you received your good things. And likewise, Lazarus, who was the poor man, he received bad things. But now Lazarus is being comforted here and you are in agony. Here we read of the two parts, paradise and Hades, in the same area. This was the place that the Old Testament called Sheol, or the pit. In Hebrew, the English word Sheol, S-H-E-O-L, equal the underworld, the netherworld, a place to which people descend at death. People in the Old Testament believed that there was this place where the souls or spirits of dead people went, both saved and unsaved, but they did not know exactly what went on in Sheol. Side note, the only reason we know what went on in Sheol is because Christ told us what's going on in Luke chapter 16. Sheol was a kind of mysterious place for thousands of years. So Sheol consisted of two environments. One was paradise-like, which Christ called Abraham's bosom, and the other was hell-like, which Christ called hate. Again, these aren't Bob's words, these are Christ's words. Again, notice that Christ taught in the Gospels that there were people with spiritual bodies staying, i.e. living, in this unique supernatural paradise place called Abraham's bosom. And also notice that Christ said that there were people with spiritual bodies living on the hell side of this place called Sheol, where there was suffering and pain and fire, and that both groups of people were separated from each other by some kind of supernatural barrier. I want to kind of go through Luke 16 because it's kind of important. This is the story of the rich man in Lazarus. Now, there's a lot of great teaching stuff in these verses. However, because of a time limitations, I'm going to try to get through this without too many interruptions. Luke 16, 19 starts in Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Now, there was a rich man, and the rich man habitually dressed in fine purple and linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And there was a poor man, and his name was Lazarus, who was laid at his gate, covered with sores, and he longed to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. 
Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. There's that name, Abraham's bosom. Christ calls it this. He names it this. And the rich man also died and was buried in Hades. Now this is what Christ said, that this rich man also died and he was buried in Hades. First of all, let me say that the poor man named Lazarus did not end up in paradise because he died poor. Being or getting poor does not pay for a person's sins. So this poor man must have been a believer. And with that said, let me also say that the rich man did not end up in Hades because he died rich or even because he might have died selfishly rich. Being rich or even being selfish is not what sends a person to Hades. Unforgiven, uncleansed sin sends a person to Hades. Let me go on. Now in Hades, the rich man lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And the rich man cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in the flame. So now I'm interjecting. One would think with this big roaring fire of Hades and the noise, it would be impossible for Abraham to hear what this man's saying, but obviously they're talking to each other. They could hear each other. This is what Christ is saying. He's not a liar. And just for the record, this is a true story because Christ never uses names for parables. So Christ being God knows this is what's going on in Sheol. So the rich man cries out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so he may dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool up my tongue for I am in agony in his flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus bad things, but now he is being comforted here and you are in agony. Now I hear this rich man calling Abraham father. This lends me to think that this rich man might have been a Jewish believer who's maybe walked away from his faith, maybe because of the love of money. I don't know the whole story, but for whatever reason, he ended up in Hades. However, notice that the man in Hades is speaking to Abraham, who is living in paradise. Amazing. Now I'm going to give you my opinion on something. Notice that the rich man seeks water from the poor man. Why would the rich man do that if he had never helped the poor man while still alive on planet Earth? The scriptures never say that the rich man never helped the poor man. Just saying. Anyways, I continue on. And besides all this, between us in paradise and you in Hades, there is a great chasm fix. This is Abraham talking. So that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able, and that none may cross over from there to us. Yeah, I'm not going to dwell on it right now, but it's amazing that Abraham says this chasm keeps people from wanting to come from paradise to go to hell. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. I'm not going to get into it now. And so the rich man said, Abraham, then I beg you, please, Father Abraham, that you send the poor man, Lazarus, to my earthly father's house. For I have five brothers, in order that Lazarus, the poor man, may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Notice that this rich man is now a believer. And also notice that this rich man's also an evangelist. He would love Lazarus to do an angel visit to his unsaved family or his lukewarm family, I'm not really sure, and let him know, hey, this place called Hades is real. Get your act together. Also notice that even though this rich man is in Hades, and he now knows that he has no hope of getting out to share with his family, he still has compassion for his loved ones. Side note, brethren, this is why it is so important to be faithful and boldly but tactfully sharing our faith with those all around us. In the next life, wherever we end up, we are never ever going to forget 
those souls the Lord sent our way are those who were close to us, who we never witnessed to. The story in Luke chapter 16 goes on. But Abraham said, they, your earthly family, have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear themselves. So what Abraham is saying, as I'm interjecting here, is that they already have the word of God. They need to make up their minds to read God's word for themselves, just like everyone else who gets saved. Going to continue on in the verses. But the rich man said, no, Father Abraham, if someone goes to them from the dead, then they'll repent. But Abraham said to the rich man, if they did not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Pow! Abraham hits the rich man right between the eyes with the truth. Christ is about to resurrect from the dead. Everyone will hear about it, but sadly, only a few believe in the resurrected Christ. One more thing about this story. Notice that the rich man never grumbled or complained being sent to Hades. He knew what he deserved for rejecting his Messiah. I went through all of this to show you Christ's explanation of the Old Testament Sheol was like. This paradise Hades supernatural realm that God created for people. The Bible verses that I'm going to share next are actually prophecies about a future resurrected Messiah. And whether you believe it or not, these are Bible verses speaking of the Messiah being rescued from Hades by the Father after he, the Messiah, had paid the hell debt of sinners. Acts 2.27, because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. Acts chapter 2.31, he was neither abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. The scriptures clearly teach, although many in the church refuse to accept it, that Christ not only hung on those spikes to pay mankind's sins, he also went to Hades to pay off mankind's hell debt. Wow, you talk about sacrificial love. What truly amazing love he has for us. One of the penalties for sinning against the Lord is physical death. The other penalty for sinning against the Lord is having our spiritual body, soul, and spirit being sent to hell to pay for those sin crimes also. Well, Christ needed to not only die physically at Calvary to pay for our sins, he also had to be punished with his soul and his spirit body in hell in order to pay off the hell debt that none of us could ever pay off. Here's another prophecy about the Messiah. Psalm 33, O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol. You have kept me alive that I would not go down to the pit. I know, isn't this amazing stuff? So I've shared all these because I wanted to show you that the scriptures imply that Christ went to Hades to pay off mankind's sin debt. And I share this because the Bible goes on to say that once Christ's sacrifice for mankind's sins was complete, Christ took those believers who had been waiting since the days of Adam and Eve for their Redeemer, Messiah, to show up, to come and rescue them. Christ took them out of this paradise side of Sheol and took their souls and spirits to heaven with him. So what Christ did was to take God's people out of this mysterious paradise-like place called Abraham's bosom, that's what Christ called it, and took them to their new heavenly paradise, which is in the same heavenly realm where God and the angels live. I'm getting a headache. I hope you're all still with me. And now for the church age, the soul of every believer who has died since the days of the resurrected Savior have gone to this heavenly paradise realm to wait for the judgment seat of Christ. Side note, when I say believers, I mean children of God who have not denied or walked away from their faith. In my opinion, every person who was once a professing believer going all the way back to Adam and Eve's days who denied or walked away from their faith, 
were not taken out of Hades and Sheol when the Lord came to take out the believers out of Abraham's bosom. Now, again, my opinion, I personally believe that there's a good possibility that King Solomon, who was vilely wicked in his last days, might still be in Hades waiting for the great white throne judgment. So the people in Hades, the Hades part of Sheol, will stay there until the great white throne judgment. And at the great white throne judgment, all those who came out of Hades will get their day in court where they will stand before a holy and just God and be found guilty of being a sinner because nobody ever paid their sin debt off and they will be sent to the lake of fire. I truly believe that there will be children of God at this great white throne judgment. Children of God who were once walking with the Lord and for whatever sinful reasons walked away from God, even denying that they believed in Christ. So why would the Lord put someone who rejects him and rejects his son's Savior, why would God put them in a paradise-like place? He's not. Why would he forgive them their sins? He's not going to. These people who were once believers are going to end up paying for their own sins in the lake of fire. Now again, just to reiterate, all those believers who Christ did remove out of Abraham's bosom, which was the Old Testament paradise, go to a heavenly paradise place, to await their final judgment. And I believe that amongst all those believers in the heavenly paradise realm, there will be both Old Testament and New Testament children of God who were faithful believers. Now listen carefully. I believe that while the great seven-year tribulation is going on on planet Earth, the judgment seat of Christ scenario is going to be taking place in heaven. I believe it is at this judgment seat of Christ where the Lord determines who is worthy to enter and serve in God's next kingdom which is the 1,000-year millennial kingdom. And those children of God who are not considered worthy at the judgment seat of Christ because they chose not to strive to be an overcomer by abiding with Christ will not be allowed to be in and serve in the millennial kingdom. Again, this happens because these believers, while still alive on planet Earth, chose to not work at being an overcoming believer. These are the believers who will forfeit their eternal life. These are the believers who will give up their place in God's heavenly kingdom. And it's those whom the Lord deems unworthy or unfaithful who will be sent to the outer darkness where they will live forevermore. Now, I've shared this a few times. I'm going to share it again. The outer darkness is not hell, but it is not paradise. The outer darkness has darkness in it, which means it's not paradise. The outer darkness has sorrow and regret, which means it's not in paradise. So these children of God who were just sent to the outer darkness are those children of God who just found out that they will not receive an inheritance in any of God's future paradise kingdoms. The scriptures say these are the children of God that the Lord deems unworthy to inherit God's eternal kingdom life. You need to get this into your brain. you you got to sink in, people. There are going to be born-again children of God who are not going to be allowed to spend an eternity in God's heavenly kingdom. The scriptures are crystal clear. Born-again believers must, not should, must choose to seek after those good works or righteous deeds as they genuinely strive with Christ to become an overcomer. If they want to not only live in God's future kingdoms, but if they also want to earn or merit rewards and special honors while living in those kingdoms. Listen to what I said carefully. As I've shared before, The Bible never says that simply being born again or getting born again sometime in the past will get you God's eternal life or get you God's eternal rewards 
or gets you a place in God's eternal kingdom. In fact, the scriptures teach us the opposite. Simply being born again and not living like you're born again is going to get you kicked out of God's kingdoms. That's a warning I'm giving to you right now. So these unworthy children who are banished from God's kingdom basically forfeited or threw away any opportunity to live and serve in the millennial or in the new heavens and earth kingdom. Again, the scriptures are clear. Some of God's children are considered unworthy and they get banished to the outer darkness. Now I want to share this so people don't think, oh, Bob's all puffed up. He thinks he's this holy ruler guy, does everything right. I'm not. The only reason I can stand in front of my Lord and be blameless and holy is because the blood of Christ keeps me clean. I have a humble heart. I go to him when I sin. I repent. I keep myself clean with the Lord. Plus, I have a heart's desire to want to keep truth and do what God's word says. I don't let God's word go in one ear out the other ear and just live my life the way I want. I want to live my life Christ-like. And the only way I can do that is by knowing my scriptures. And I know I cannot do that without God's help. But God says, Bob, you've been a believer for 30 years. Just do what I tell you. So, you know, I want to share this again. The outer darkness is not hell. Those whom the Lord deems unworthy believers are saved from hell at the judgment seat of Christ, but basically by the skin of their teeth. But they are not going to spend their eternal life in the joyous paradise and the love of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3.15, If any man or woman's work is burnt up, they will suffer loss, but they themselves will be saved yet as through the fire. Now, the only reason that these unworthy children of God were not sent to hell was because they never openly denied or rejected their faith, or they said, we no longer believe that Christ is our Messiah. These born-again believers who are banished to the outer darkness were simply born-again believers who, for whatever sinful reasons, had stopped serving and obeying the one who hung on the nails to pay for their sins, or who had stopped striving to be an overcoming Christian. Those believers who are banished to the outer darkness are saved from hell, by the skin of their teeth, but they are not saved from being banished from God's kingdom. Please quit listening to those shepherds who tell you that we can't do good works which please the Father. That's what the rewards are all about. These guys are idiots. The Bible says the children of God who the Lord deems worthy or faithful will receive whatever rewards, blessings, honors, and accolades that they have coming at the judgment seat of Christ. They will get them because they earn them. But all the while, they'll be praising Christ for dying for them on the cross. So they're not going to be chest puffed up thinking they're all something special. They're still going to know if it wasn't for the Lord in their life, they wouldn't be able to do those things. But it's still these believers who earn them. And these specially honored and rewarded children of God will use these rewards and whatever special authoritative powers that they're given as they serve with a new, perfectly sinless and supernaturally powered up glorified body in the 1,000-year reign millennial kingdom. People always like to yell, the end is near. Well, it's not. There's always going to be a seven-year tribulation plus a 1,000-year millennial kingdom. So you always have a 1,000 and seven years. So no matter what the world tells you, no matter what doomsdayers say, the end is not near. Some tough times are coming. Some wicked times are coming. Some judgment is coming. But the end is not near. Now, here's a little side note. The millennial kingdom will still have fleshly, i.e. sin-cursed, Humans being born and living on the planet during the thousand years. It's not going to be a perfect environment. However, sin will not be as rampant and prevalent during the millennial kingdom because the Lord's going to be living in Jerusalem kicking butt, and he's going to be using his thousands upon thousands of faithful believers who came out of the judgment seat of Christ, who got a well-done, good and faithful servant report card. They'll be co-reigning and co-ruling with Christ on this new millennium planet, 
keeping people in line or else. I can promise you there will be no plea bargaining in early release times during the thousand-year millennial times. And when the thousand-year millennial kingdom is over, the scriptures say that the Lord is going to build a new heaven and a new earth, and it will only have sinless believers living on it. This will be the final and eternal kingdom of God, filled with faithful believers from both the Old and New Testaments who will live forevermore with each other in a sinless body, with their new sinless glorified bodies, in paradise, in peace, in joy, in love, and in a sweet forever sinless fellowship with the Lord and fellow faithful believers. And in the outer darkness will be those believers who for all eternity will live in sorrow and sadness, knowing that they threw away or forfeited their opportunity to spend their eternal life in the joy and the peace of the Lord because they love the things of the world or the ways of the world more than they love their Savior. Speaking the truth in love because the Lord knows truth needs to be shared. Your friend in Christ, Brother Bob. And you can reach me at brobob number four him at gmail.com. Brobob for him at gmail.com.